Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time to bring sexy back in 2022 and step up your game with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code ALLSTEALERS for 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. Donnie, first off, welcome to All Steelers Talk. Second, what's your new grooming routine for all our male listeners out there? Weekly. Using the lawnmower 4.0. No, I remember whenever we were rocking the 3.0. Manscaped said, nah, New Year Mm -hmm. 2022, 4.0 in there. Nice little LED light right here. Vroom, vroom. Look at that. You'll never miss. Navigate. Navigate anywhere, bro. Just absolutely phenomenal. No razor burn. Um, You know, no cutting for me. I mean, small. Like, it's not too big. You know, it doesn't, like, fit out of proportion with my hand at all. I'm able to use it, navigate it. So I use that once a week. No, I'm an athlete, right? You know, me and the wife play yeah. soccer a couple times a week. Let me see it. More than I do. Absolute worst thing you can have is chafing, especially for a bigger dude like me. Chafing between the thighs is not ideal. Manscaped nice. Crop Preserver has been a lifesaver for me. Uh, it works as a uh, dual ball deodorant and anti-chafing for the thighs as well. Kind of, you know, get out the shower, dry up a little bit, dab it up around in those little areas that you need it to be. Gone about your day. It's super simple. Smells great. I mean, I've had no complaints about it. The wife has had no complaints about it. And it's just manscaped the living room again, bro. But I mean, that shouldn't even be news at this point. Facts. Happy 2022. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming this year with maximum gains. A six pack is a great New Year's resolution, but how about a six pack for your balls? The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawn Mower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight, which Donnie just showed us. That will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the -the on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes. Thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. Manscaped also wants you to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code ALLSTEALERS. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Dottie, 
We just saved probably hundreds of men heading into 2022, which we have already seen as a bit of a disaster. We lost Bob Saget. Yep. The Steelers got eliminated by the Chiefs. Betty White a little too. bit better game than we expected. Maybe a little bit worse game than we expected. And Matt Canada is likely sticking around. It's not a good couple of days here into the new year. But that's okay because it's the offseason. And whether you're sad about Ben leaving, happy about Mike Tomlin sticking around, happy about the potential of Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, which is probably very little of you. It's a new year. We just saved a bunch of people. Hopefully the Steelers saved themselves this offseason. First off, how you doing? Welcome to All Steelers Talk. YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk. I'm good. Uh, you just talk for about five minutes straight, so I'll try to take the mic for a little bit. <laughs> I'm good. I just got boosted today, so I'm still waiting on the uh, worst side effects of that. Excited to go to Mobile with everybody from All Steelers Talk in a couple of weeks. True. The boy, Kenny Pickett will be there. So super excited to bring everybody phenomenal content from Mobile for Kenny Pickett, for all the other tremendous talent that will be there for the senior bowl. Nick already got the podcast started, bro. Maybe the Steelers will buy one. Hopefully <laughs> shave Matt Canada off of the team. Get Nick a package right away, bro, because that is phenomenal wordplay. Absolutely phenomenal. But that Nick is can also save 20% off and free shipping with the code all Steelers at checkout. It's the uh, it's the offseason of change, you know. Um, and we were talking about it uh, a little bit later down the season. If you're going to make any drastic changes with the organization, now's the time to do it. Um, it you know, it looks like Kevin Colbert is going to be retiring after the 2022 draft. Um, you know, hints of other people around the organization retiring. There's a bunch of contracts that are going to be up in the air. The Steelers need to make decisions on. Um, you know, a lot of premier players are going to be due for contract extensions, and rightfully so. So. A lot of questions that are going to need to be answered, but you got to take it one day at a time. And really the only thing we can focus on right now is Matt Canada is not going anywhere, which is something that we kind of foresaw. Um, yep. You know, it, it didn't really make, at least from a pure Steelers perspective, a whole lot of sense for them to move on from him heading into 2022. Sorry. Yeah. 2022. I forgot. It's the new year now. Um, you know, the Steelers have never really rolled like that. It's very unlike them to fire somebody after one year. Especially whenever you can make the argument that Matt Canada didn't necessarily have the pieces of the puzzle that he wanted to work with and fit, quote unquote, his offense. But on the other side of the token, as a good offensive coordinator, you have to adjust to what you have. And that's just something we haven't seen from Canada. And so heading into next season, I, I imagine a, a lot of Steeler fans are going to feel like what mean you feel like. Um, no, he's not the guy for the job. The play calling at times has been flabbergasting. Uh, you know, to, to, say, the, the, to say the very best about it. Head scratching is another term that can be used. Overall, this is not an impressive rookie season. And I'm just not sure what can be done, whether it be personnel or, you know, schematically to improve Matt Canada heading into the new season. I, I think the biggest thing that worries me and, and probably a lot of other people is we're going to talk about who the next quarterback is of the Pittsburgh Steelers here soon. And that is the biggest topic of conversation that the Steelers will have all off season. Kevin Colbert's probably gone. Keith Butler is about to retire, but I think those are easy replacements and easy being, they already know who to replace them by. Ben Roethlisberger is not in that same case. He, he's a guy that the Steelers have Mason Rudolph. They have Dwayne Haskins. They're not totally sold on either of them. There's a lot of options, including a hometown hero and Kenny Pickett. But you could you could do whatever you want 
If we go into 2022 and Matt Canada is not the answer and he's just as bad as everybody expects him to be and as he was in 2021, you just wasted a year. You wasted a year of Cam Hayward. You wasted a year of Deontay Johnson. You wasted a year of Chase Claypool, of Pat Fryermuth, of developing that offensive line, of Najee Harris, whose career is definitely on a very short timetable. You, you're taking such a big risk and keeping a guy around that has shown nothing, absolutely nothing. I think a, another big argument is Ben Roethlisberger started calling plays at the end of that Chiefs game, and, and everybody started going, oh, well, you know, Ben had the power. Why was he not using that authority all season long? At some point, you have to acknowledge that your coach is your coach, even if yep. you don't think he's going to win. I don't think that Ben believed that Matt Canada was the answer, but he respected the, the coaching routine enough to say, okay, you know, I'll let him do his thing. Nothing clicked. And, you know, we, we'll talk about the offensive line, I guess. That's, that's the biggest argument is the offensive line. Well, he had a terrible, terrible offensive line. He did. He did. Does that mean that he just gets a free pass? Because his offensive line is going to suck next year, too. It's not like that's going to get much better. Does that mean he gets a free pass in 2022? No, it shouldn't at all. And um, I think we've been very adamant on the show saying that the the changes that need to happen for the Steelers, it's not going to happen in one offseason. You know, th yeah. this is a multi-year um, integrational period to where they're going to see some changes, but they're not going to be able, whether it be financially or just, you know, the, the ability to make it make sense. They're not going to be able to do everything they want to do in one offseason. So you kind of have to like pick and choose your battles and, you know, pick your poison, I guess, as to what you want to be heading into next season. Um, you know, if you do decide to heavily focus on the offensive line, probably means you're not in position to get a decent quarterback outside of the two you already have in Pittsburgh. Um, it also means that Deontay Johnson probably didn't get the extension you wanted and, you know, the jury would be out on Juju and whether or not he returns as well. So, and then, you know, vice versa, if you focus on getting the, the premier guys back in Pittsburgh, your offensive line is still garbage. And then you head into the next yeah. season with basically the same problems that you had last year, except that it's just the, the same people around that offensive line. So, um, yeah. you know, the, the, a lot of decisions to be made. I like the title of the podcast, man. It's the offseason of change. It's the offseason of change, but okay. So here's, here's a good question. I felt like Mike Tomlin. He said that like four times today. None of them to me. I'll just point that out there. Um, <clears throat> if, if Matt Canada stays, which he will stay, mm -hmm. you bring in a new quarterback. Hopes are high. What is the expectation? Where where does it fall? If like 100 is a playoff team, we won't even say a Super Bowl. If 100% is a playoff team, what where is the expectation of this offense next year with Matt, starting with or, or maybe maximized with Matt Canada? I think as a team as a whole, it's going to be at 100 because, dude, no matter what this team looks like, no matter the, the construction, uh, you know, the the roster or what they did in the offseason, they're expected to be a playoff team every single year. The Steelers do not rebuild. They simply reload. Focusing what about potential? Through? What about, like, potential-wise? Like, not expectation because I agree with you there. Expectation is always the, the playoffs. Mm -hmm. What's the – where does the potential max out with Matt Canada it's, sticking around? It's all going to depend on the quarterback. It, it really is because he, the, one thing I will give Matt Canada a little bit of slack on, 
Matt Canada is not out there missing blocks. Matt Canada is not out there throwing balls to receivers' feet. Matt Canada is not out there dropping simple passes. There's only so much as a coach that you can do. And, you know, I understand a very, very large part of the hate towards Matt Canada is being placed on him, and rightfully so. But you got to cut him a little bit of slack because that offense at times last year was dismal and certain things were out of his control. Now, granted, should he stick around next year? Absolutely not. I, I think as a whole, he's a terrible offense coordinator, much like Randy Fickner. I mean, it's bad whenever you think that Todd Haley is probably the best offensive coordinator we've seen in Pittsburgh in the last 10 years. Yeah. But focusing on, I, I guess, the uh, not the expectations, but just like the potential of the offense, I think it all boils down to who the quarterback is because I think we can all agree um, the difference between a Mason Rudolph-led offense and we'll say a guy like Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, whoever, whatever bridge quarterback you want to throw in there, probably be a little bit higher than Mason or Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that one. I think a lot of this has to fall on to Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin's never been able to hire a successful offensive coordinator. You can make your arguments about Keith Butler as well being a successful defensive coordinator. And he just refuses to quit on them. And like you said before, it's the Steeler way to not to not fire a guy. It's just not what they do. They just let them, you know, contract expire. And it's like, oh, all right, well, we're not going to resign this guy. Matt Canada is a prime example of that, okay, if it does not work out, or even if it doesn't work out six games into the season, you have to move on from Matt Canada. There's no more ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's you do this now, or this entire offseason and this entire season is gone to waste. And I don't think expectations should be, should be a Super Bowl next season, because even especially if you have a rookie quarterback, but it, they should be high enough to, to make it somewhere. And I don't think Matt Canada has shown any of us that he could do that right now. And I think that has to fall on, on, the, on the Tomlin. I, I just don't think Tomlin has the backbone when it comes to these guys. He puts too much faith in people that have not proven themselves. That's what's been wrong with Keith Butler. And I, I, I think that's what was wrong with Matt Canada or uh, Randy Feekner. And now what's wrong with Matt Canada. Two things. One, I absolutely agree. And I think part of the expectations for the offense moving into next year kind of falls on the defense because I feel like everybody had thought that the Steelers defense would be good enough at times to where the offense, all they had to do was not turn the ball over. All they had to yeah. do was go get 17 points. Go yeah. go put up a couple touchdowns. Defense can probably handle it from there. Now, obviously, uh, there's been a couple games where the Steelers defense was able to rise to the occasion, and then there were others where they simply – just didn't. Yeah, it's yeah. the nature of the NFL. But more times than not, I feel like you're going to bank on the Steelers' defense overall as a unit being good enough to make stops whenever they needed to and win you football games. Um, so, I mean, when you have it like that, then the if if you want to build your team around that, that definitely changes things because you're you're more okay with going with a game manager quarterback like a Mason Rudolph, like you want Dwayne Haskins to be, as opposed to really making a push and going out and getting like one of the star veteran quarterbacks. Um, I've seen people bring up Rogers, uh, Wilson, like Matt did in the chat over there. Um, I, I would love any of those options, to be honest, but just not something the Steelers have done or shown historically track record-wise that they would be willing to do. One thing I did want to touch on, though, Noah, is this yeah, comment yeah. that Nick made. Why don't we hire coordinators outside of the organization? Seems like it's going to be another promotion from within after Keith Butler retires. Uh, two things, Nick. One, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's going to be Terrell Austin. I mean, there's really yeah. no other way around it. Um, was it Joe Hayden or um, Devin Bush 
yesterday that had said that he didn't want to speak on him. No, it was Minka. Oh, it was Minka this morning. Minka said, yeah. he's like, I don't want to say anything good about TA. And I agree with that. Even Trey Norwood said it later in the day. It, like Terrell Austin has definitely done enough to be a defensive coordinator. I have a lot of high expectations for Terrell Austin. I think Terrell Austin should have got the defensive coordinator position when Keith Butler was hired, but didn't because at the time, you know, the Steelers had the best linebackers in the world. And, you know, it was like, it was like the second coming of the steel curtain. And then Keith Butler comes in here and the defense sucks. And it's like, Oh, well, what a surprise. Terrell Austin, on the other hand, has developed Terrell Edmonds, who everybody ruled out immediately, has developed Cam Sutton. I get he has missed on a couple of them, especially at the quarterback position. Went out there, found Trey Norwood, a seventh-round pick, has turned Minka Fitzpatrick into an all-pro, and I, a lot of that's Minka. I will I will say that, but he's he hasn't heard him, you know what I mean, and, and revived Joe Hayden's career. He's done a lot of good. I, I have very high hopes for Terrell Austin. No, I completely agree, and – uh, touching on Nick's comments, though, is that, um, you know, why don't we hire coordinators outside of the organization? For better or worse, it, it's the Steelers' way. You know, the Steelers' way does not only apply to head coaches. And a lot of people a lot of people love to point to the fact that the Steelers have, what, three head coaches in 80 years or whatever the crazy number is. And, you know, they're the model for stability, you know, just kind of, you know, keeping everything together. That also applies to the other coaches on the coaching staff as well, right? I mean, and I can't remember the last time they went and got somebody outside of like Todd Haley for a like coordinator position offensively or defensively. And you have to understand that, like, especially with, with Tomlin too, I know he gets a lot of flack for not, you know, exactly having a coaching tree established underneath him, like a lot of the other great uh, quarterbacks, coaches in the NFL do. Mm-hmm. He likes guys that know the system. He, he he likes guys who understand what is required out of him as a head coach and what he likes his you know defenders and offensive players to be taught. So I, I get it. It makes sense. But at the same time, I do kind of agree with Nick. Hey, you got to figure this team hasn't won a playoff game in how long. The talent is obviously there. What would be wrong with like a, a fresh pair of eyes from outside of the organization to come in and say, hey, like, Here's, here's how we did things over here. Let's try to find a middle ground to where we can improve these guys, but also keep it the same in terms of lingo, in terms of routine, whatever you want. We, we just got to hit that next step. And if you're keeping the same people around you, you're not going to hit that next step. Yep. The best two moves that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made in the last 15 years, I guess, <clears throat> three moves. Drafting TJ Watt, which, you know, that's a, a given. Hiring Mike Tomlin from outside of the organization and bringing in Minka Fitzpatrick from outside of the organization. You get a fresh pair of eyes in there, a proven set of fresh eyes that has a great attitude. Think Good things are going to happen. I mean, Minka has not only built himself up, but he has built everybody around him up. Mike Tomlin came in here and won a Super Bowl, took him to another one. I, I, I mean, you need those fresh pairs of eyes. I, I totally agree. At the same time, I understand that Mike Tomlin likes to have his grip on things and bringing in somebody who's a proven defensive coordinator or a proven offensive coordinator removes that grip. And that's why I think it goes back. You know, people have their particular ways. I I can agree with that 100 percent. I mean, me and you had a conversation today about how particular I am with things. The best thing for me to do sometimes is to take a step back and allow others to, to grow while I grow. You know, that's, you have to learn from other people. I think Mike Tomlin's just a little too, a little too tight on his grip on his coordinators. It, it allows him to, to, you know, 
just like you said, bring in guys or keep guys that know the system, know the scheme, let it keep rolling the way it is. The way it's been rolling has not been working. So at some point you do you do have to switch it up. <clears throat> I want to I want to talk uh, Matt's question about Rodgers and Wilson. We will get to we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Nick had another good one here about uh, Deontay and, jo- and Claypool's performances towards uh, the end of the season and whether it made Juju look more valuable. I tweeted out during the Kansas City game, and, and Deontay had had some drops, and you know he had a, he he had to come back. Basically, told all the haters to shut up. We could play here if if everybody would like. Um, I think it did. I think it kind of solidified that the Steelers do need to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, just because you need that reliable pair of hands on third down. I don't think that's Deontay Johnson. I most certainly don't think that's Chase Claypool. That is definitely Juju. And if he's cheap enough, I mean, there's zero reason not to, right? No, I agree. And it's really funny because I feel like a couple months ago, if I were to ask this question, who would you rather kind of ink to a long-term deal, Juju or Deontay? I feel like the the obvious answer would have been Deontay, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we all felt like Juju was already – um, you know, one foot out of the door at Pittsburgh, you know, the salary cap shooting up this year across the league. He, somebody's going to want to go and pay him. But after seeing the playoff game, after seeing Deontay Johnson again crumble towards the end of the season where he dropped some key passes that could have been pivotal for the Steelers. And I, I don't think that Deontay dropping those three balls was the absolute difference between Kansas City rolling over the Steelers on Sunday night. But you definitely want your big time players to step up in those big playoff moments, especially if you're going to pay them. So I feel like the, the conversation has switched a little bit to the Steelers paying Deontay to the Steelers keeping Juju. And um, I think it was last week you brought up, if you can get Juju on a hometown discount, phenomenal, you know, oh, great. Yeah. Um, but it's all going to depend on whether or not Juju wants to stay in Pittsburgh, where it, mm-hmm. it looks like he does, you know, he just came out and said he would love to be a Steeler again and how much exactly he's willing to settle for. And I know a lot of people are going to point into last offseason to where, you know, he only signed that one-year deal, and um, it was like either the Ravens or the Chiefs offered him more money, and he said no because he's a stealer. Totally different offseason. Going to be a little bit different. And, you know, that that was maybe one or two million dollars difference. We're we're talking like – like like Lamborghini, like multiple Lamborghini monies, <laughs> right? I don't right, know what a Lamborghini it. costs, but is it not a? Can you not buy more than one Lamborghini with two million dollars? This is a general I mean, question. I don't, not I don't, not the nice ones, probably. No, all right, my bad. I forgot that yeah. there's not nice Lamborghinis. I agree though. Juju is going to get an offer somewhere. I think it's going to be a little bit higher than the Steelers. It comes down to whether or not he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. And I think this is a perfect transition here because I think the only reason that Juju would stay in Pittsburgh is that he feels confident that he could win Super Bowls in Pittsburgh. Juju's legacy is very important to him. And I I respect that. I love a player whose legacy is important to them. If Juju could stay his entire career in Pittsburgh and win a couple of Super Bowls, he definitely, definitely would. I don't think that they're signing Jesse Bates. But I do agree that if this is where I was kind of going with this, if Juju is not willing to take a hometown discount, which he would need to, the Steelers, they have to sign Minka. They have to probably sign Deontay. Terrell Edmonds likely needs a new contract. There are, you got to get some linemen. There are guys out there. There are guys out there. All right. But it comes down to quarterback. 
And I think that that's that's where I was going before the main. The Jesse Bates comment kind of flew. I was just like, what do we? What happened here? Um, Juju doesn't come back if there's not a Super Bowl worthy quarterback on the roster, and it doesn't have to be a we need to win in 2022. It has to be a we could win in the next two years. Okay, it starts at quarterback, which is a perfect transition. Mike Tomlin said, Mason and Dwayne, they'll compete. They're not sold. They're not solidified starters. Tomlin doesn't know if they'll ever be solidified starters. Me and you are both on the get them out of here. Let's get somebody new trade. Yep. We'll start with Matt's question. Rodgers or Wilson? Do you think that the Steelers at all reach out to an outside team and try to bring in a veteran quarterback? Because these are not free agents. Everybody tries to act like Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins and all these guys are free agents. They're not. They all have a year left on their contract. The Steelers would have to reach out, probably give away at least a first-round pick, if not more, for them. It's not going to be an easy transition. Do you think that they reach out to a team to try to bring in a proven veteran? Define reach out because they're going to make phone calls. They're, they're, okay. They're, Do you think that they make gonna, a move? They're going to check on the availability of them. Um, I don't think they're going to make a move. Uh, we already touched on it a little bit earlier in the episode of how just, it, it's not the Steelers' way. There's so many other things that they'll be able to, you know, use that draft capital on in order to make this a better team. If this was a team like the Broncos, to where you really felt solid about your roster. All you were missing was just that one dynamic quarterback play away from making a serious playoff push. Go for it. Put all mm-hmm. your chips in the middle of the table. But there's a lot of holes on this team. I'm not a fan of giving up all that draft capital and sinking that significant money that a guy like Rodgers or Wilson would bring to the table, like salary cap-wise. And that could be allocated to so many other places. The job of the NFL GM is to build a team, a 53-man roster that will get you from point A, which is the start of the regular season, to point B, which is the Super Bowl. I understand that Wilson and obviously Rodgers, phenomenal quarterbacks. Obviously, I would like either one to be on the Steelers next year. But we're talking mad draft picks. In Green Bay, there's rumors of if – the Steelers want to trade for Aaron Rodgers. TJ Watt's going to be in the deal, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah, okay. Dude, I'd ra- the Steelers would rather not win a Super Bowl for the next three years than trade. T- they would never. That's impossible. That's just impossible. Yeah. That shouldn't even be. Yeah. Whoever yeah, said so. that, put that out there, are wrong. They should be fired yesterday. That's not even a thing. I agree, though. I think that when it comes to a proven veteran guy, the Steelers have so much more that they need that they can't just go, all right, we're just going to give it away for this piece. In 2020, in 2020, right? That's when they got Minka, 2019. It made some sense, okay? Yeah, when you had, you lost Sean Davis. The season was still young. The Steelers went, okay, all we have to do is give up one first-round pick. We get Minka Fitzpatrick. That's a great deal. Ben goes down, you know, it screws up a little bit of everything. <clears throat> this season, it doesn't. that doesn't make sense at all. Because the Steelers are not a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. They're an offensive line away from competing for a Super Bowl. That offensive line is going to take a year or two. And I hope it's only a year, but it could take a year or two. 
a guy like Russell, and especially Aaron Rodgers. You, I mean, Russell Wilson's a mobile quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is mobile when he needs to be, but he's not He's not a guy that's going to avoid the pocket every time. He plays best when he can stand in there and, you know, lead his team better than anybody in the NFL, I believe. But he's not, he's 40 years old. You can't expect him to work with a guy like Kendrick Green at center or guard, or, you know, Kevin Dotson goes down. At the end of the season, it was John LeGlue, J.C. Hassenauer, Trey Turner, Chooks Okorafor, and Dan Moore Jr. You're telling me Aaron Rodgers is going to go, yeah, I'll stand behind those guys. That sounds yeah. good. That's not going to happen. You know, I, I just think yeah. that there's way too much out there. Here's another name. Mitch Trubisky. <clears throat> no. Fanex. Fan, fan you somebody who loves you as much as Phantom TV loves Mitch Trubisky. I just, like – his time has come and gone, man. Like he should have been drafted. It, I mean, I agree with that. He should. He's a North Carolina quarterback. They never pan out. Do you think that? I mean, okay. So what if they just tossed him in the mix, though? Is he any better or worse than like a Marcus Mariota or a Teddy Bridgewater to just have in as just a maybe? I'd, I'd rather have Mariota or Bridgewater over him. Yeah, I don't know if I oh, agree with that one. To be honest yeah. with you, no, I, I don't I, think I, Teddy I Bridgewater is a good quarterback, do. and I think Marcus Mariota gets hurt way too much. I think both of them are big risks. I don't agree with Mitchell Trubisky. I think that the Steelers are just as good having Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins out there. Probably better with Dwayne Haskins. At least there's more potential than a Mitch Trubisky. And that just happens. You know, there's our, our guys out there. And I think the last thing, the only place left is the draft. And I guess the only name there is Kenny Pickett. And like, is Kenny Pickett even an option? Or are we going to get to the draft and people are going to be like, oh, okay, well. Have you seen Mitch play? Are you guys kidding? Yeah, bro. The Bears watch Mitch play, and that's why he's on the Buffalo Bills right now. So. <laughs> Donnie's getting real heated at this Mitch yeah, Trubisky debate. Trubisky's not a good quarterback. If if he was a good quarterback, he'd be starting somewhere. Who who's your options then? We've just gone through a bunch of names. Who are your options? Who are the Steelers' well, you, options? You, you're going to bring up somebody that the Athletic had reported. Yeah, yeah. Good old Kirk Cousins. Yeah. yeah, The Athletic reported. For those who don't watch the show regularly, I'm just going to throw that out there. You should start watching the show regularly because I love, I love, I think that everybody here is worthy of some tidbits. And I try to bring those tidbits with me to here. I don't always report my tidbits on allsteelers.com because I want to save some for the show. A month ago, I dropped Kirk Cousins' name because I know for a fact that Kirk Cousins has had some conversations with some pretty high up dudes in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those conversations have gone fairly well. Does that mean he's going to end up in Pittsburgh? No. Does that mean he's an option? According to some people, he is. Here's the thing. $31 million. I do not feel good yeah. about Kirk Cousins coming to Pittsburgh. At yeah. All. If, 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 if you're, if you're reaching around that like $30 million price range, you, you might as well go get Rogers or Wilson at that point. Oh like, yeah. And a lot of people forget too. I feel like the Vikings are like the Steelers of the NFC, just in terms of like having like a really good roster, but just not doing with it, not doing anything with it, like year after year. Yeah, there's there's a lot of mirrors and similarities in, between Minnesota and Pittsburgh. So, do you think? I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't even. But if Kirk Cousins say Kirk Cousins gets cut, or so, I mean, he won't get cut. There's so many hypotheticals. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Kirk Cousins makes no sense to come to Pittsburgh. Neither does Aaron Rodgers. Neither does Russell Wilson. 
the best option is a rookie quarterback. And I think that's it. Mike Tomlin said mobility in a quarterback is valued. Not here, but everywhere. It's the truest thing I've heard. And you're not going to get that in a veteran quarterback. You're just not. Unless you're going out and getting Russell Wilson. But at that point, I love Russell Wilson. But there's this equal amount of potential in guys coming into the NFL right now. And I think Kenny Pickett is a name that people are going to toss around for the next couple months. And and I do hope that he ends up in Pittsburgh. I don't think they do. I think he works his way up to the first pick in the draft. I really, truly do. Matt Corral is another name, but now he's dealing with a big injury. Derek has thrown out Patrick Patrick Willis, Malik Willis, out Malik of Liberty. Willis. All mobile guys. And I think that that's your way to go. You wait till the NFL draft. You put a rookie in there with Mason and Dwayne Haskins. You let them compete. You chalk up 2022 to whatever it is. Because 2022 needs to be rebuild the offensive line. That's all it needs to be. 2023, you're hunting for a Super Bowl. It's not what anybody wants to hear, but it's the smart path to take for a team that just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. And like the, that's where the rebuild starts. Your rebuild doesn't start with Ben Roethlisberger still on the roster. We've said that a million times. It starts right now, now that he's gone. All valid points. <laughs> I, mean, I have no rebuttal. <laughs> you took all there, is no rebuttal. there is no rebuttal. There's, and I think that at this point, I mean, just like you said, there's names out there, but we're way too early into the offseason. It's day, what, two, three yeah. of the offseason. Way too early into this. We have no idea what's going to happen. There's a few things that we do know are going to happen. Charles Cross. Explain this one. Explain this one. I'm interested in this. Um, There are a few things that we know are going to happen. The Steelers are going to replace Keith Butler once he retires. Back Canada is going to stick around. Najee Harris is going to be the, the guy. You got to go get some offensive linemen. You got to go get, you got to re-sign some people. Quarterback, unfortunately, is a waiting game. It's the biggest question of the offseason. And it's one that I enjoy talking about, but I think that we're just talking in circles at this point. We are. We are. And it, it sucks because I, I feel like we know what's going to happen. Yeah, we do. Like, that's the thing. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. (laughs) And we just have to, like, talk around it. Like, everybody has to just be like, all right, well, there's all these options. But at the end of the day, we all know exactly what's going to happen. We all know they are going to draft a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft. They're going to let Mason and Dwayne and that quarterback compete, and they're going to pick the best one out of there. And if it's Mason Rudolph, week one, he's getting booed out the stadium, and that first Mm -hmm. loss, he better be moving back to Oklahoma because, man – Yinzers are not going to have a good time with that one. Not at all. Dwayne, let me ask this question, though. Do you think Dwayne Haskins gets booed as much as Mason does? No, because people have, like, a a really weird personal vendetta towards Mason. Um, My wife included. She hates Mason Rudolph. (laughs) I I, I can't even tell you why. She thinks that he's cocky and he he looks like words I probably can't say over a, a live YouTube stream right now. Um, but I, at this point, I mean, why not get the old gang back together? Get Josh Dobbs and Landry Jones back in here. I mean, let's go. Let's have fun with this. Is this a win as well, Nick? I mean, this is a true thing. Three and fourteen season, you get the first overall pick. Is that a win for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, see, that, I, there's no what way. Was saying over Twitter was that the, the bright side of Canada sticking around for another year is that if there's any duo of a offensive coordinator and quarterback that can lead the Steelers to the promised land of a high pick in the 2023 NFL draft. It's going to be Matt Canada and Mason Rudolph. 
I agree. And I, I do like this point as well. If the Steelers stuck it out till the second round and just chalk this season up as an L, which would suck, and that's not their way. It would be so beneficial for the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You could grab an offensive lineman. You could grab a linebacker. You could go grab a cornerback in probably the best cornerback class I've ever seen. There's so much potential out there. Unfortunately, at the same time, you need a quarterback, and you got to take that risk. You know, And that risk is Mason Rudolph possibly being a starting quarterback because you had to wait a year to draft another Mason Rudolph. And then what if that guy turns out to be Mason Rudolph? Do you see where this all connects? It connects at Mason Rudolph, which is the only thing everybody's trying to avoid. So I I went on a, a Steelers Twitter space a couple of nights ago. Also, I didn't know Twitter alerted people whenever like people they followed went into like certain spaces. So like a, a bunch of people got notifications about like me hopping on that Twitter space at like two forty five in the morning. So I do apologize for that. Um, but I, I, I was having a really good conversation with a lot of good people, and I was like, look, like drafting another Mason Rudolph isn't going to get the job done. Like it, you're consistently trying to hit on day two guys that more times than not don't necessarily pan out. Like the, the top quarterbacks in the league that you see, they're, they're, they're first round picks. And I, I made a point to highlight the path of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. What did the Chiefs and the Bills do? They, they finished in the, the low to mid 20s, right? Um, mm-hmm. At least in like draft position, low to mid 20s, moved up to the top 10 and got their guy. They got a top 10 quarterback, but they moved up and got the necessary draft capital to do it. And now look at them. They they are perennial, perennial, excuse me, AFC contenders year after year because of those moves. Yeah. The Steelers don't have that luxury, though. They don't. Just like Nick says, there's a lot of, there's so many holes on the Pittsburgh Steelers team that you can't, you can't move up this season. And that, that leads, that leads to my point to where they're going to roll with Mason next year. And yeah. you either, A, find out what you have in Mason Rudolph, which is good. And if, if you like bad. what you have in Rudolph, then you you kind of chill with that for a little bit. Or B, you don't like what you see in Mason Rudolph, which probably leads you to a high draft pick where you can go and get your guy for the foreseeable future. All right, so this, this, this question, I have this question then. Mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph, we kind of know what his ceiling is. I do think that Mason Rudolph could win in the NFL. I don't think he could win you a Super Bowl, but I think he could, you know, he's five and four as five, three and one as a starter. He's I mean, that's not really terrible. Good for, before Earl Thomas like cleared his smoke. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think, I think Mason or Mason Rudolph, excuse me, has a little tiny bit of potential. Dwayne Haskins, on the other hand, is probably a terrible quarterback right now, but has a boatload of physical potential. Is it better to just stick it out with with Mason or give Dwayne a shot and say, we know we're going to struggle, but maybe some really good comes out of this? Maybe. I I, I do want to highlight this really quick because I know I've been very uh, anti-Mitch Trubisky on the show. I think any competition is good competition, especially with two quarterbacks like Mason Rudolph and like Dwayne Haskins. And yeah. one thing I've brought up on the show over and over again, if Mason and Dwayne were as good as some people want to make them out to be, we wouldn't be in this scenario right now because Mason Rudolph would have been the starter for the Steelers this year. Yep. And Dwayne Haskins would still be with Washington. Right. Yep. And it, it, it's really weird to kind of like plant your flag on either like the Rudolph planet or like the Haskins planet. 
I'm not a fan of Trubisky personally, but listen, like if you bring him in for a competition and if that pushes either Haskins or Rudolph or maybe even Trubisky to be a better quarterback to, you know, to lead the Steelers into 2022, I'm all for it because these guys are going to need something. But like you already kind of alluded to, we already know what these guys are. We already have seen what these guys are capable of doing. I think to your point there, and Ben said this earlier in the season, this is the first offseason that Mason Rudolph has to compete for a starting job. And that is a huge mental gap that he can now get rid of. Because heading into this year, you were just working to be the backup. You weren't trying to lose your backup job to, to Dwayne Haskins. And even this season, it was, okay, I don't want to lose my backup job to Dwayne Haskins. But at no point did it feel like Dwayne Haskins was going to be the backup. This is the first year where Mike Tomlin has made it known, look, at they're going, to, they're going to compete, but nothing is going to be handed to anybody. Last year, all it was was Mason is our guy. He's our number two. <clears throat> that could change a lot of things. And it could change a lot of things for Dwayne Haskins. And it could also change a lot of things for a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, if that's who they decide to bring in, or, or anybody else who's not maybe a proven veteran to this point who will have to come in here and show that they're a starting quarterback. I think that could change so much and a, a very un, undervalued part of this whole thing. Yeah, but you know um, the saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You can't roll with two quarterbacks heading into the season. I just mean in the offseason. No, no, I, I, I don't mean like run a two-quarterback system. I just mean like if you have two guys competing – um, and you, you have two similar guys kind of, you know, vying for one spot on the offense, you really don't have like your, your quote unquote quarterback that you need to have. And I, I feel like it makes it so much harder for an offense to function. If you don't know who your guy is going to be on a week to week basis. Cause like, yeah. think about it. Like if Mason is a starter at the beginning of the season, Mason starts like, Oh, and five, Oh, and six. Yeah, it makes no sense to keep him in unless you're really trying to tank for a draft position, which it's the NFL. Guys won't do that. So you put uh, Haskins in there, and it's like, okay, well, like, what's really going to change over the course of the next what eight to ten weeks in, in yeah. order for this team to really get things moving and going around? It's not like there, there's there's no right answer to what we're about to see, uh, but I mean, there's a lot of wrong answers, and there's too many of them to you know be counting on one hand for the Steelers moving forward. Yeah, I think that's where we're at right now, and that's a perfect place to kind of end this conversation is that we have – we do. We have an idea, but until things start to manifest and put themselves into place, this is all just talk. And it's yeah. all talk that's going to keep running all around Steelers and be talk. the same talk. Yeah, it's all Steelers talk. <laughs> um, that's going to keep running around in place for the next three months. Fortunately, we have opportunities to do things like we're going to go to Mobile and see the Senior Bowl, and I think mm -hmm. that will change a lot. I'm going to end up at the NFL Combine. That That's going to change a lot, and we'll get perspective on how good these guys actually are, which is good knowledge to share. But I think right now, all it is is just all these hypotheticals, all these hypotheticals out there that are like, maybe this is going to happen. Maybe this is going to happen. We don't know. We do know that Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins are going to be here. We know that somebody else is likely going to be here. How that pans out, we'll figure out in three months. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. We had a great time talking about yeah. some quarterbacks here. I had a great Long time. Episode, bro. Long, I loved it. 
I'll talk about quarterbacks in the Pittsburgh Steelers all day long. It's been 20 years, Donnie, 20 yeah. years since yep. we've been able to have this conversation. I was seven years old when Ben Roethlisberger entered the NFL. I was eight years old when he won his first Super Bowl. I'm ready to go to bed at 8.30 at night now that he's retiring. It's been a good time. Make sure everybody goes on and subscribes to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. We're at like 915 YouTube subscribers. Subscribers. Oh, we are so close to a thousand guys. We need a thousand YouTube subscribers. We're giving away a signed Deontay Johnson Jersey. Once we hit a thousand, I know, I know he didn't have the greatest game against Kansas city. Hey, He's pe- still a- people are going to talk yep. until that thousand subscriber hits. And all of a sudden we got a bunch of Deontay fans in the chat. That's what I'm saying. Once I'm I'm telling you, once Deontay Johnson, once the Steelers get a quarterback, get an offensive line, and another wide receiver that could do something, a healthy one, because I I love Juju. Deontay's whole career changes. Shout out to TV, making it 916. That's the kind of support we're looking for, TVH. Facts. We appreciate you. We appreciate your conversation. We appreciate everybody's conversation. We are so close to a thousand. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you so, so much. And before we head out, use our promo code, all Steelers, 20% off free shipping manscaped. This is going on to like the first, second week of February, and then we'll have more prizes for you. We appreciate you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'll see you next week.